Welcome to Promises Are Just Words. This is episode 25, Time to Spread Your Wings. So, welcome to episode 25. It has taken lots of work and a lot of things have gone into getting to this point, but again, there's been lots of enjoyment too. The main reason, I guess, why I do this uh, is actually for two reasons. The first one is that, most importantly, it's to inspire students to achieve their personal best. Secondly, I guess, it's about having big dreams. I think it's important that we do focus on the idea of dreams. When we get older, I guess, many people lose the ability to dream because life kind of gets on top of them. And what I mean by this is that people feel they need to become an adult, and that might mean they put themselves in some kind of like symbolic box So when people are in this box, it's safe, secure, but really a bit grey and a bit boring. Maturity can kind of mean for some people getting a job and settling down, but it can also mean opening yourself up to many more experiences than you could not have as a child. When I'm in my classes, I guess I ask my youngest students to use their imaginations, and obviously for them it's really, really easy. There's no... um, constraints I guess as well too trying to stop them there's no symbolic box for them if there is some kind of box that they're in as well too the box is as big as a soccer stadium so but however when I ask my senior students to imagine or be creative they find it extremely hard because they forgot what it was like to dream without any limitations you ask a kid what they want to do when they're older and I'll list half a dozen options really really quickly You ask a 17 or 18 year old what they want to do and there'll be a lot who have one answer but it will take them a fair bit longer to come to that answer. It's almost like realizing uh, growing up and maturing has hit them. So as I said, this podcast aims to fuel that fire within the students of all ages, trying to push them out of the boundaries of what they think is possible. By listening to everyday people talk about how they got to the top in their field It could loosen their inhibitions and make them realize that the sky is the limit. For I didn't know today, we're going to focus on cars and driving. So the first thing I'm going to let you know, or I'm going to ask you to think about, is to consider how far the average Aussie drives in kilometres each year. So based on the fact that Australia obviously is a really big place and we have to travel long distances to get to places, are you thinking it's somewhere 50,000 maybe, 40,000? you'll find out actually that it is only 14,000. So that is the average amount of kilometres driven each year by Australian drivers. And obviously people who are still at school or considering getting their first car as well want to try and get good value for money. So the world's cheapest car is a city car manufactured by Tata Motors in India. It is currently the cheapest new car on the global market. And it comes in at only... 2000 Aussie dollars. The first recorded pedestrian fatality by car, unfortunately, was a person called Bridget Driscoll. She stepped off a curb in a London street and was struck by a gas powered Anglo French modelled car driven by Arthur Edsall. Have a little think about when this might have been. You know, it can't have been too long ago. It was actually 1896, and obviously, when cars were 
uh, going a lot slower on the roads too as well. Have a bit of a think about your last speeding ticket. Really, hopefully you haven't actually got any to tell you the truth. But a millionaire CEO, Richard Anderson, was caught going through a small Swiss village at 85 miles an hour in a 50 zone. Fair enough. You think about a CEO and you think, well, he's, he's going to be okay. He'll be all right to pay that ticket. However, he was a repeat offender and Swiss law dictates higher penalties for those who can afford to pay. So he was given a speeding ticket that came out at 300000 Australian dollars. Next thing I'm going to get you to think about are animal-related crashes and how much of a percentage they account for accidents on Aussie roads. Considering that we are in a lot of our areas in Australia are country and we might encounter kangaroos, cattle, emu, sheep, cassowaries, camels, etc., um, the figure you might think is probably actually a lot higher than what it is. Uh, Animal-related crashes account for 5 to 6% of accidents on Australian roads. Some of the more bizarre rules or laws, I guess, as well, too, and you can take these with a bit of a pinch of salt as well. Uh, two that um, spring to mind in this instance are the first one. There is an Alaskan law that prohibits you from tethering a dog to the roof of your vehicle. The next one is there's an Alabama law that stipulates that it's illegal to drive while wearing a blindfold. Very strange law there too as well. Always Learning Today is a student edition. So today we're going to look through the eyes of a student. Hello everybody and welcome to Promises Are Just Words. Hi Year 2 student. What do you want to be when you grow up? A vet because I love animals and I got a dog named Archie. Can you tell me the best thing about school? The best thing about school, you get to see your friends and you get to play. What do you like learning about? I like learning about maths and you can write and you can and you can read. What do you do at recess and lunch? I play on the bars and play with my friends. What is your teacher like? My teacher's like nice and funny. So finally, why is school important? Because you can learn and there's interesting things to do. Thank you, Year 2 student. It's great to hear about school from your perspective. Next week, we'll hear from a Year 5 student who will tell us all about their experiences at school. Today's My Five are favourite places visited on holiday, but not necessarily countries. So in at five, the Great Wall of China, 
Even though the part that I went to was probably the bit that's been rebuilt uh, for tourists as well, it, I guess once you first see that first glimpse of the Great Wall of China, it is everything that you expect it to be. At number four, Old Trafford. Old Trafford obviously is the ground of the soccer team that I follow, Manchester United, and just being there even on a day when there isn't a game taking place, uh, it's amazing. It still has that atmosphere. Number three is two towns. Uh, it's called Sausalito and Tiburon. They're on the north side of San Francisco Bay. And on a holiday where we went with my um, family, my kids, we went on a bike ride across the Golden Gate Bridge and ended up in Sausalito and Tiburon. And it's the most chilled, most beautiful place. I won't say the most beautiful because it was third on this, but it was a really amazing place. And number two is Yosemite National Park. So we found a really great spot called Artist Point, and it actually looks straight across the Yosemite Valley, El Capitan on our left-hand side, Bridal Veil Fall on our right, and also Half Dome. Uh, it's just an amazing place. It's peaceful, it's calm, it's relaxed, but there's so much there to do. Which leaves number one, and my favorite place that I visited on holiday is Queenstown. So Queenstown in New Zealand, you can sit and enjoy the view if you want to, looking at the Remarkables or go to Coronet Peak, or you could do all the action and adventure stuff, you know, like bungee jumping. Um, I actually did a park run there recently too as well. So even just lots of activities as well too, but lots of that chilled vibe too. And it would be really good, I guess, to even go to winter and test out that snow. I'd like you to say hello to two people today. This is a bit of an Aussies Abroad edition. These are two people that began with their careers in Australia and are now doing amazing things around the world. So the first person I'd like you to say hello to is Lisa Devanna. She's an Australian soccer player. She's currently over in Italy playing for a team called Fiorentina. She actually is the top goal scorer ever for the Matildas, which is the women's soccer team. She's also known for her really fast pace and her dribbling skills, and she is regularly considered one of the greatest female footballers in the world. So when the prizes come up, generally her name is mentioned. The second person I'd like you to say hello to today is Jordan Berry. Name might not ring a bell for a lot of people. Uh, he did start by playing AFL over here when he was younger, and then he went over to America because he wanted to tackle uh, NFL, literally. He is now known as the punter for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So he has worked himself up from playing college football at Eastern Kentucky, and he's now the first choice punter at the Pittsburgh Steelers. So for today's edition, I would like you to say hello to Lisa Devanna and Jordan Berry. Hey, how are you? Um, so yeah, hell school for me it was a little bit difficult because... I actually had a little bit of a learning disability, so I really struggled at school. And I felt that um, 
what what the schooling have now, what they had, you know, 15, 20 years ago is a bit different. So I didn't really have the, the support that, that the kids have now. And for me, um, my outlet was playing football, which helped a lot um, to deal with the frustrations with uh, schooling. I got involved with football because of my brother. Um, you know, every weekend the neighbourhood would get together because it was a very multicultural neighbourhood and we'll have a, a kickabout and we'll just play for hours and hours and it's probably one of the highlights of, of my, my football careers, you know, being that little kid, um, a female as well, and playing among the boys and be able to compete, you know, the, the reason why I am the player of that because I learnt to be resilient and have mental toughness and, you know, um, stick up for myself because I got to play of the boys, which led to the career that I have. So, you know, travelling overseas and continuing the career I have has taught me to never give up and, and be resilient. So, um, you know, I knew what the reward was and, you know, I didn't have the luxury that the kids have now in terms of the support and and, um, you know, the, the investment there is. So it was hard for me, but I knew what I wanted and I stuck by it and, and, yeah, look, I've been pretty successful from it. Yeah, there's a few, actually, that, um, you know, always touch home whenever I, I think about it. And um, for me, it would have to be the 2007 World Cup in China. I think that defined women's football in Australia for the very first time, um, you know, we we uh, were 2-1 down against Canada and we needed a draw to get us through to the quarterfinals, first time in history. And, you know, the last minute of kick of play, you know, Cheryl Salisbury, our captain, our leader, scored the equaliser. And, you know, that, that moment and that game changed everything for me, the perspective of what I thought about football and the play that I want. You know, we never gave up and we fought to the very end. And, you know, when we talk about never die Matildas, it was that game that actually changed it. It's that name, the name of that game was the reason why we became Never Say Die. So for me, that is the biggest game um, in my career and in the women's football in history. Okay, so the first question is, what were the circumstances with me moving from Australia and end up playing at Eastern Kentucky University? Um, so for me, initially I was playing Australian rules football. I was living in Melbourne. I uh, went to Melbourne High School for year 11 and 12. I uh, had the goal of playing in the AFL, but uh, that wasn't really going to pan out for me. I wasn't the best runner, so um, started deciding that I needed to look for other options. Um, I'd seen Sav Rocker, Ben Graham, and a few other guys had, had come over at that same time period to play in the NFL, and they were doing quite well for themselves. So through that, I began in investigating what American football was and, and the opportunities that came with that. Um, it was through that that I learned of college football. So with college football, you get you know, your accommodation paid for, your rent paid for, uh, your food's paid for, you get a college degree paid for. So I decided that would be a good option for me to pursue. I always had a good kick and thought that would be a good option for me is to be able to yeah, head over, be able to kick a football, not have to run and, and get everything paid for. And ended up putting, you know, six to 12 months of work in and, and really getting my kick down to the point where um, I get looked at by a school and, and be able to, to earn a scholarship and Luckily, through that process, I met a few people over there, um, Nathan and John, with a company called ProKick, who, who they were starting out at that time, and we ended up coming to America, meeting up with some people, and long story short, eventually got offered the scholarship at EKU, and yeah, it was definitely probably one of the best decisions I've ever made. Uh, the second question is, uh, 
did I always know that I had the talent to make the NFL? And uh, what are some setbacks that I've encountered? So definitely early on, uh, my first year at college, I actually didn't even start for my college team. I was a backup to one of my good friends, Logan O'Connor. Uh, so he was from Tennessee. He was a bit older than me and yeah, he had a good consistent leg. So they decided it would be best if I just took my first year off because um, in college, you, you're only allowed to play for four years, um, but you can be enrolled at the school for five. So it does happen pretty often that kids first year out of high school will take that first year off, develop their skill set before they end up starting. So ended up taking that route, um, working behind Logan. You know, he played all the games and basically I just followed him around at practice and, and looked at what he did and what I needed to do to, to play well and ended up progressing pretty well and that next season came out and yeah set the the college uh, the, the record for that school um so yeah the coaches were obviously quite happy that they'd let me sit back a year and, and develop my skills and yeah played through the four years at, at EKU and by the end of it I was, I was starting to feel like I had the chance at playing the NFL I had a strong enough leg and I was hitting good hang time and good distance uh so I felt that you know I could I could I could make that level but unfortunately I, I didn't even get a tryout none of the teams would come and look at me so I actually had to come back to Australia and went moved back to Melbourne for eight months I was working just odd jobs there you know I was working a night shift at McDonald's I was working during the day at um, Vic Market which is a big fruit and vegetable market in the city uh, then I was also working a call center job for public transport Victoria so helping people out catching the tram and train so he was doing basically everything I could because um, I was only there for eight months I had a teaching degree and Half that time I was there was going to be, you know, the summer holidays and would have taken me a little while to, to get my degree um, processed by the Department of Education there. So I decided it was best for me just to get odd jobs and, and keep working. Um, so, yeah, put that eight months of work in, ended up coming back to America, got myself a different agent who, through him, he managed to get a contact at the Steelers and they, they agreed they'd take a look at me. So headed up to Pittsburgh, uh, kicked well and, yeah, got signed up to the team. Um but well, yeah, one of the interesting things is in the NFL, in the offseason, they'll bring in 90 people when during the season you can only have 53. So typically we only have one punter on the team at a time. And at the time they signed me, we had three of them. So I had to go through the whole summer period, the offseason training, and, and prove that I was better than the other two guys, which, yeah, fortunately for me, I was able to do and, and got the job. Um, the last question I've got here is, uh, can you tell us about one of the best games that I've, I've played with the Steelers? Um so yeah, there's been a, been a few good plays that I definitely remember. Um, probably my favorite one from this year was we're playing against um, what what are now the LA Chargers or were called the San Diego Chargers. Uh, so we went out there to LA playing them in a small stadium and we actually had a quarterback. It was going to be his first game in the NFL. So if, if you don't follow the NFL too closely, having a quarterback who's never played a game before, it can be pretty stressful for the entire team because it's the most important position on the field. They're really running the offense and getting us into position to score so when you've got a guy who's never played a game everyone else really needs to step up and play their best um, and especially me being a punter so typically you'll get four downs to go 10 yards and if your quarterback running the offense can't make that distance in the first three then I'd come on the field and punt it away and, and try and gain field position on the fourth down uh, so yeah being that it was his first game there was a lot of pressure on me and I managed to come out and actually hit the best ball of my career on, on the first part of that game sending back um, 60 yards from the line of scrimmage so it's about a 75 meter punt um, got good hang time in it, and we had guys down there to stop him from even being able to bring the ball back at any distance uh, so that's probably my favorite favorite one from my career um, 
but yeah, other than that, it's, there's been a lot of good, fun times. A lot of them don't look that impressive on TV. You know, be kicking into a strong headwind and, and still being able to get it to go a good distance downfield and being able to do that all day. There's, there's been plenty of those that I've really enjoyed. Um, yeah. Thanks. <laughs>